Wonderful. I want to share this morning um, from promise to fulfillment. Are you ready? Uh, a lot of people get lost in between those two things. God comes and speaks to them. God calls them. Uh, often uh, as a young person, but not always, God can speak to people in their senior years, like Simeon had a promise. Do you remember Simeon's promise that he would not depart until he saw the Lord's Christ? And so when he saw little baby Jesus, he said, let your servant depart in peace. He had a promise that came to fulfillment. And the wonderful thing is this, is that uh, God is speaking, all of us have a prophetic purpose for your life. Amen? And uh, he will come and he will speak to you. And often he will keep speaking to you. I remember uh, as uh, in my late teens, early 20s, key people kept prophesying the nations over me. And all I was interested in was revival in the UK. But God kept speaking and speaking, and then there came a whole season in my life where I virtually, that was all I did for that season. And then God put me into another season. But between every promise and the fulfillment of that promise, there is a season where you have got to learn to walk in faith, where the enemy will try and dislodge what God has put in you. Hello. It's for you, as they say in the BT advert that was. Um, he, and he wants to stop that promise coming to fulfillment. And you look at the life of Joseph. He has a promise that he's going to be a great leader and that one day his brothers and even his uh, father are going to bow down to him. Now, he was a bit stupid because he went and told them. And on the way to fulfillment, he was betrayed by his own brothers. He was sent off to Egypt. He was thrown, falsely accused. He was thrown into jail. But God brought that word to fulfillment. And I want to tell you today, I think it was as they went into the promised land, I think it was Joshua said, not one word that God promised did not come to pass. And you have got to be a man and woman of faith. And if you don't lose hearts, your faith will be richly rewarded. But the tragedy is, so many Christians start well, but they lose hearts. They lose vision. And you've got to come to that place in God where you realize that, that God, there's going to be a testing of your faith. There's going to be a refining of your faith because you have, are going to come through into great breakthrough. Yum, yum. So here, what happened with David is that God came to him as a young, probably a teenager, and um, uh, as Saul, the king, was blowing it, God was looking for another person to raise up. 
and he says, I found David. This was David in his teenage years, the son of Jesse, a man after my own heart, who will do all my will. If you have a heart after God, I believe you are going to, if you will persist, if you will persevere through the trials, if you will go through the difficulties, you will fulfill God's purpose for your life. Do I get an amen? amen. Thank you. And so this came to him. God had already been looking. You know, this is what I think God is doing right now across the face of the earth. The eyes of the Lord run to and fro across the whole earth to show himself strong on behalf of those who are what? Loyal to him. We've seen a lot of great Christian leaders step into eternity in recent years. The great Billy Graham, the great, some of the great evangelists, some of the great leaders of our day. Some of the people that influenced my life. Some great people uh, that, that were used powerfully by God. But I believe this. God is looking uh, like he did with Isaiah. He said, who will speak for me? Who will, who will step into the, 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 the mantles that I have for this new generation? Where are the praying hides, Vernon? <laughs> Where are the men and women of God that will take the torch of the gospel, of the kingdom of God, to this new generation? I think of Reinhard Bonnke, gone to be with the Lord. A man who would preach literally in one service. He would at times have over a million people present. Isn't that amazing? That's amazing that that would happen in our day so he's looking now for people and they don't David was not an important person he wasn't in the top Bible school his Bible school as we saw last week was looking at bleating sheep and looking after them his Bible school was worshiping God with his harp and uh, it's funny this week I've been looking at Evan Roberts the great Welsh revivalist he didn't finish his Bible school course he 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 wasn't educated in the way that many in ministry are but God used him to transform a whole nation and you see um, when when Saul blew it and disobeyed the command of God God says I've sought for myself a man after my own heart the Lord has commanded him to be a commander over his people because oh, you have not kept what the Lord commanded you so God withdrew his anointing office what was once a great man of God and I can honestly say one of the sadnesses of my life is to see people that God used powerfully in days gone by. Who God used to, to bring many people to Jesus, but then willingly turned away from God. And to see what could have been such a blessing, lost in confusion and chaos. God is looking for a new generation. God is looking for men and women. And you may say, well, you know, I'm getting old. Well, I'm, I'm not getting younger either. 
But listen to this. He, he, he is looking for men and women. And he is looking for some of us. A lot, about five years ago, the prophetic words changed over my life. And one of the things God started to speak to me about was you need, you're going to become a father and you need to find men and women who I am raising up and pour your life into them. And maybe in this room, as God sends people our way, as God sends people to this church, we're going to be looking to you to be a spiritual mom and dad. Amen. Samuel got stuck in the past. He was mourning Saul. He was like, oh, we had such a great move of God with Saul. We had so many amazing things happen through Saul. He delivered us from the enemies of Israel. Samuel had anointed Saul. And he was broken in his heart. And God said, how much longer will you mourn for the past? Will you look at the past? I'm doing a new thing. And you need to find what I'm doing now. Go and go to the house of Jesse. For I have provided for myself among his sons. I still get phone calls about the 90s. Oh, do you remember the glory years? Yes, I do. But the best is yet to come. Amen. Do you remember the great things God did back when blah, 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 the great revival in South Africa, in Zimbabwe? Yes, but you're here in Newbury now, and God wants to do greater things. We used to sing a city over London, uh, used to sing a song over London, greater things are yet to be done, greater things are still to come to this city. Hallelujah. And I see actually looking at God raising up new people, new younger men who have got fire, who got, who got a, a passion in their bones. And Saul was being given the opportunity, either you can live in the past or you can get hold of what I'm doing in the, in the here and now and sow into the future. And I believe in this church we've got a great heritage but now we need to turn and ask God, what do you want to do now? We can all play a part. It's wonderful. I was talking with someone this week who's going to be opening up their living room. I won't mention their name and inviting people around and, uh, and, and different ideas that people are having. Uh, uh, Sue and Elaine there, they're, they're having almost like divine appointments going on in their living room. You can ask them about that. It's time to get on with what God is doing because this new generation is needing to be reached. Hallelujah. Uh, St. George's has been reached in the past, but it's time to reach it again. And then he went to Jesse's house. And do you know the bizarre thing is that Jesse didn't even bother to bring David out. Isn't it great? Man looks at the outward appearance that the Lord looks where? At the heart. I remember teasing someone in Uganda because in the sweltering heat he insisted on wearing a full three-piece suit 
And I said, why do you wear that? He said, because I'm going to meet all these people. And I said, but it doesn't matter. God looks at the heart. And he said, yes, but man looks at the outward appearance. <laughs> and here we have Jesse, he, Samuel going. And they, 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 he, he, he went down all of the brothers. And they're all good looking. They're all fine. But God says, no, they're not the right ones. Can you believe it that David, even when the prophet of Israel comes to his family to anoint the next king, is completely ignored? I want to tell you this. God will make a way when there seems to be no way. Amen? I remember when I went to preach in a church in Chiswick. I wasn't the pastor then. And the pastor took me out for lunch and he said, Phil... I'm going to, God's called me on, and I think you'll make the right person to lead this church forward. And I knew right away that was what the Holy Spirit was saying. And then I met some prophetic people, and they, Sharon Stone, others prophesied more or less the same thing. And I thought, well, do I push? Do I push? Do I do something? And there's a time to speak, and there's a time not to speak. And I thought, do I go to the leader of this network and, and tell him what I'm sensing God is saying? And God said, don't go to him. He will come to you. And for two weeks, because I'd already handed my resignation in, I was like, I've got a mortgage. I've just got married. I don't know where I'm going. Well, I don't know if he's going to work. And then one morning at 8 o'clock, I got a phone call. Is that Phil? Yes. You up? Yes. He says, in my office, in half an hour, in the spirit. <laughs> in half an hour, I was in his office. He said, I think this is for you. What do you think? And I thought... I just let him mull on. I'll pray about it, I said. Anyway, it all went through. But let me tell you, God opens doors. And sometimes if you bang too hard on the wrong door, it might open. Let the Holy Spirit lead you. Let him open the door. And so when, as soon as Samuel saw David, the Lord said, Arise, anoint him. This is the one. And from that day onward, the Spirit of the Lord came on David. I remember times when the Holy Spirit came on me with such dunamis, such power, it was like all fear was just broken off me of anything. And when the Holy Spirit comes on you, because when He calls you, He will anoint you. If you will get hold of him, and he will send a prophet from the other side of the country and get hold of you. He will speak to you. He will minister to you. Why was David left out? There is a possible reason in Psalm 51.5. He said, surely I was brought forth in iniquity. And in sin my mother conceived me. Well, having marital intercourse is not sin. Some Jewish scholars believe he was actually illegitimate. And that's why Jesse did not want him to come. Some people feel like their lives are such a mess 
they're like Gideon. I'm the weakest in the weakest clan in the weakest nation. And God wants you to know, whatever your background, it's behind you. Hallelujah. God has an amazing future for your life. And if you want to grow, let me tell you, don't try moving forward looking backwards. You'll walk into something. Amen. Get hold of the vision of God. Your background is behind you. And you see, God will open more doors. God will... I remember when I started out as an apprentice, apprentice pastor in, in Kensington Temple, God spoke to me from Revelation where it says, I give you the key of David to open a door that no man can shut. Hallelujah. And people were saying, well, why are we bringing this guy on? He's only been around six months. Why don't we bring on da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da? But God opened the door that no man can shut. He opened the door in your business. He opened the door. I was with someone this week who goes around helping in different homes and he has divine appointments all the time. He's opening a door. And let me tell you, God determines the destiny on your life and there's no man that can stop it as you obey God. And if, if someone gets a barrier, he'll either move them out the way or he'll move you into a new way. Hallelujah. David, the key of David. I believe one of the keys of David is he just worshipped God. He didn't particularly want to be king. He didn't particularly need to be king. He just, and when he became king, what did he say? One thing I've desired, that will I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, beholding the beauty of God. He didn't need all these things, but God gave them to him because he was what? A man after God's own heart. Jesus said, that which is, uh, those who pray in that secret place, I will reward openly. Amen? Don't give up. And then God opens another door. Isn't that great? He sends the leading prophet to the nation to his house. And then Samuel is having demonic attacks. Not Samuel, Saul, sorry. And one of the servants said to Saul, Hey, there's this guy, son of Jesse, who's skillful in playing, a mighty man of valor, a man of war, prudent in speech, handsome person, and the Lord is with him. Therefore Saul sent messengers to Jesse, Send me your son David, who's with the sheep. I find that amazing. How did he know what God was doing? God touches people who move in your favor. You know, our house back in Brentford, I remember we put a lower offer on. And the owner of the house, who wasn't like a, spirit, a born again Christian or anything, just said, we had a higher offer, but we want you to have our house. Isn't that wonderful? And the same thing happened in Newbury. We were a cash buyer and that made a difference because we'd already sold our house. God opens door he touches people around you pray for your boss amen i don't know who's the boss here but pray for each other yeah, no. 
sorry. Uh, I remember saying to her husband, hey, should we go out for a meal? He said, let me ask my wife. I'm a man under authority. No. <laughs> that is not biblical. Okay, just, just to be clear. Okay. And David came to Saul and he loved him greatly. He became his armor bearer. Please let David, and, and Saul said to you, please let David stand before me, for he has found favor in my sight. It's interesting, the one that had the anointing and lost it was ministered to by the one that now carried it. As David played, it won't be long now, the Holy Spirit would move and, and he became at peace again. There's an anointing on your life that can be a blessing where you work. We had a girl in our church and people just, there was an open plan office. People just loved to always want to sit next to her because she carried the peace of God. We had a girl who worked in, in Westminster uh, Council and she, she had carried such a sense of God's presence that every time there was a conflict in the office, she was the peacemaker. And in the end, the council virtually employed her to go around making peace in the office. And she got a big pay increase because all of trouble in the office just began to dissipate because of the presence of God on her life. Amen. And then came the opportunity. David shows up, 1 Samuel 17, 20. All the men of Israel fled from Goliath. They were dreadfully afraid. There's a lot of fear around at the moment. Let me tell you, God has not given you a spirit of fear. But of what? Love, power, and sound mind sometimes Christians get so wrapped up in fear that we paralyze ourselves from reaching out and being God's solution to the issues that surround us David walked into a situation where the king was fearful and all of the warriors in Saul's army were full of fear and as a young man he said don't be afraid uh, because let no man's heart fail, because your servant will go and fight this Philistine. And they must have thought, yes, David, sure. There's too much fear, even in the Christian church. And too many dumb things going around. You know, the vaccine is the mark of the beast. There is no biblical precedent for that. People are saying daft things. Let me tell you, it says in Revelation, those who have the mark of the beast worship the beast and receive the mark. You're not going to suddenly wake up and find out by accident you've got, you know, these numbers appearing on your forehead. God wants us to know his truth and let the truth set us free. Amen? We're not going to go into a little ghetto of people clinging on till Jesus comes. The early church was a church that turned the world upside down. Amen? It says these Christians have come here, they've turned the world upside here also. Saints, we need to get on the front foot. 
I remember in the in the uh, in the noughties, uh, the OOs, you know, you know, the two thousand. People were saying, oh, uh, another religion is taking over London. And people would call London, Londonstan, and all this kind of stuff. But let me tell you, that didn't, we just went for it even more. And many people from other beliefs became Christians. Hallelujah. This is a moment of opportunity. It's not time to hoard. It's not time to cling on. It's not time to live in fear and terror. It's time to be like David. However big the giant is, God is bigger. And the harder, the higher they are, the harder they fall. And David thought, he's too big to miss. God was with him. Let me tell you, when God calls you, there's an anointing on your life. That means you see things differently. I don't see London being taken over by another faith. I see thousands dancing in the streets, not celebrating England winning football, though they might be to doing that tonight, but coming to know Jesus. What do you see for Newbury? What do you see for your life? What do you see for this church? Oh, oh yes, it used to be great once. No, look ahead. Look at the vision. Without a vision, the people perish. It's not going to a loss. What it means is on side, inside you're withering. And God wants you, as Vaughan prophesied in one of our prayer meetings, enlarge your tent. Enlarge the, the tent pegs. Because he, you are going to inherit nations. Isn't it great we inherited nations here? Hallelujah, Romania. Did they get in the final? I, I don't know. No, you're too spiritual. You wouldn't know these pagan things going on. The opposition came. The opposition will come to you. The pressure will come to you. When I got born again, I lost all my friends overnight. Bang. They didn't want to know me. He's got religion. He'd get over it. He'd be normal and we'd be friends with him again. Well, I didn't get over it and I didn't become normal. <laughs> and the man who was his friend, who became as a father to him, was now trying to kill him. Throwing spears at him. He had to flee. And not only did he have to flee from the palace, he had the, the king pursued him. Year after year, round the wilderness. And one time he had the opportunity in the cave, when Saul was in that cave, he could, have, he, could have, he could have dealt with it. But he said, I will not touch the Lord's anointed. The enemy will always try and give you shortcuts. Shortcuts by manipulating this or doing someone down. You know, uh, putting someone's light down doesn't make your light shine brighter as someone said I want to build everyone up and David honored the person that hated him learn to honor people amen learn to honor people that don't like you the Bible says honor all people 
I remember there was a pastor who's highly critical of what God was doing in, in, in our church and other churches like us. And then I was in a meeting and, and I, uh, God gave me a prophetic word and it was all blessing for this brother. And he was blown away. He said, that's exactly what God's been saying to me. I'm so sorry for some of the things I've said. Love people. Honor people. He honored Saul. And when the time came for Saul to get promoted to heaven... He stepped into his inheritance. And I want to tell you, God will make a way when there is no way. Even with the king of the day, he should have been protecting Israel. He spent it hounding the person that God had raised up. There will be setbacks on the road. Listen. When God speaks a prophetic word over you, don't expect your rest of your life to be a bed of roses. Talk to jo One day you'll meet Joseph. He'll tell you a thing or two. One day you'll meet Moses, who thought he was going to deliver Egypt, did it the wrong way. Killed an Egyptian 40 years in the wilderness. But he still fulfilled the destiny of God. And I just want to say, don't give up. You will come into rich fulfillment. And the day came when David became the king of Israel and the king of Judah. And do you know one of the verses I love? He came into Jerusalem and he said this, 2 Samuel seven eighteen. Who am I, O Lord God? And what is my house? that you have brought me thus far. None of us deserve this. Someone said, you don't deserve that. That's right. None of us deserve it. But he has shown us his grace and his favor. And he has blessed us to touch and minister and given us the privilege of serving him. Serving him in this generation. There's so much to do. I want to tell you this, and I feel this prophetically in my heart. Don't give up on what God promised you. You will come into, David says, he brought me to a broad place. He'll bring you out. Sometimes you're in that confinement and it's like, oh, it's just so tough. It's so hard. I'm never going to, it's really hard. This is, I, I don't, I don't, do you remember your promise, Lord? Yes. Because he looks from the future back when he speaks and he pulls you through if you let him. And he will bring you to rich fulfillment. And do you know what David did? Saul filled Jerusalem with statues to himself. It was a very selfish, man-made thing. David says, I'm going to establish a place for the Lord. And in the middle of Jerusalem, they had the tabernacle or the tent of David. And 24-7, he paid people to worship and praise God. And Obed-Edom was one of them. 
And they just, he put worship in the center of all God was doing. It was a new generation. Do you know what's happening in London before the pandemic? It used to be in like my generation when the big preachers in town, we all go and get the new, you know, get prayed for and get blessed and everything and hear what they're saying. Do you know what the young people are going to in London? They're going to prayer meeting, prayer and worship evenings. And there's no preacher. Someone said, yeah, that's great. They're going to seek the heart of God. One of the biggest Bible uh, weekends is the Tent of David. And all it is is worship. Something is changing. Saul made monuments to himself. David built a place of worship. And then his son built the temple. And I close on this. Acts 13, 36. David, after he had served his own generation, by the will of God, fell asleep. If you have a heart after God, you will serve the purpose of God in your generation. And you know, who did Jesus quote the most out of all of the Old Testament prophets and leaders? Do you know who it was? David. What was the only title that involved a name of a leader that was Jesus allowed himself to be called son of David? Jesus even quoted David on the cross. Into your hands I commit my spirit. He was a man after God's heart. And my prayer for each one of us don't lose heart. Some of us, with this pandemic, it feels like God's, it feels like the enemy's trying to rip things away from you, take friends away from you, take encouragement away from you. Don't lose heart. It will be richly fulfilled. You, as you have a heart after God, will serve his purpose in this generation, in this season in God. Let's stand, shall we? Why don't you just thank him? I feel like this is, for some, particularly a prophetic message. And you've been, you've been going through so much stuff, like David. You're going through frustration. How do you think he felt being pursued, being called a terrorist, being called a, an outlaw? And he was going through so much. And yet God saw that young man, the, 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 that he was going to bring him through into prophetic destiny. And so, Father, I just pray over every life. Just talk to him right now. I pray, Father, for those who uh, feel like the enemy is trying to steal what God is doing in them and through them. And the prophetic words, we just declare the prophetic words spoken over each individual in this house shall come to pass, Lord. They shall come into rich fulfillment. And we break every assignment that is trying to block the work of God taking place. And I thank you that he who began a good work in you will bring it through to completion.
And so, Father, I pray, just like David, that you will strengthen them. If they're in the cave of the Dulam, if they're in the wilderness years, if they're in the years where you're refining them and pruning them and reforming them, that you will give them strength for those years. I pray for those who may be encountering immense opposition and frustration, that you will quicken the gift and call of God in Jesus' name, that they will not come under fear but they will come under your love and power and soundness in their thinking. And I pray for those, and I think there are some among us today, you're about to step into your prophetic destiny. This is your time. This is your hour. Don't shrink back. Step in to a season of rich fulfillment. Answer and fulfill the prophetic promise of God. In Jesus' precious name. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. If you need prayer, I sense someone has a really bad migraine. If you need prayer, please just come forward. I don't know if anyone's doing the tea and coffee, but if someone does it, we can serve it out in the car park. That would be great. God bless you. Have a wonderful week. We'll see you soon. Amen. Let's applaud King Jesus, shall we? Thank you, Lord.